0: Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and there's something wrong with my face. It's been a while since we've spent some time alone. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the
1: podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive into the Star Wars
0: animated series, Rebels. It really has been some time since we have spent some time alone, Mike. It's true. Yeah, it Uh-oh. is true. I don't have anything else to say about that. I'm just feeling wistful.
1: Yeah. I know. This was a funny episode to watch, given the state of the world. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: <laughs> a little bit of, uh, oof. Yeah. uh, I think this one hit home a little bit. I thought this this is an interesting one. But before we get into it, I just wanted to say super quick, I want to say a shout out to Blue Box Drifter on Instagram. Um, They've been a fan for a while, and they really like to tell their friends, which we say all the time. It's really the best way to get people to listen to our podcast. The only way we really grow, because we don't do any advertising or anything, is when you tell your friends. And we really, really appreciate it, so... They posted something nice on Instagram last night. So I just want to shout that out up top. Thank you. We appreciate shout out, the people shout who out. take time to appreciate what we do and work hard on. So thank you. We appreciate being appreciated. Yeah. On that note, Mike, are you ready to jump into this? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: Let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode 3 of season 4, The Occupation. The Rebels are informed by Ryder Azadi that the Empire is building a new and improved version of the TIE Defender. Ezra and the Ghost crew depart for Lothal with the help of... Oh, How haven't I been doing this the whole time? I, know, Ezra I and it. Ezra and the Ghost crew depart for Lothal with the help of Azaga, <laughs> who smuggles them into a now Imperial-controlled and heavily monitored planet. When they arrive... They find the planet's skies darkened by imperial activity and ruin. Making way to a local cantina, they learn that old Joe was arrested and executed for aiding rebels. Identified and chased, Ezra and crew find unexpected aid from his old friend from the academy, J. Kel, and Azadi himself, who ferry them to safety. But he, Azadi, is sorely disappointed to hear that the Rebel Alliance is unable to execute a liberation strike on Laval. Ezra tries to stay optimistic by Mm -hmm. telling them that they can destroy the Tide Defender Factory by working together, though Azadi is skeptical. Quite the somber ending. All right. I love that. Yeah, I know. I feel like a I a-
0: need to find some newsy music with like typewriters <laughs> in the background. <laughs>
1: I know. I can't believe we haven't been doing it the whole time. It's, it's also very Legend of Korra. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the theme for this episode. Foreshadowing. I- I've told you, Pete, but just to tell our thousands of listeners, <laughs> um, when we have a guest, I try to keep the theme short. But when we don't, I try to expound a bit. So this one is a little bit of an expounding um, so That's hang a tight. funny word. I don't no, think you... Expounding. So, expounding. Oh, so this brings us to the theme for this episode, which is foreshadowing. This episode is an exercise of foreshadowing, both on the micro and the macro levels. In the beginning, Ezra awakens from a short dream where he wakes up and realizes that oh, old Joe must be in trouble. The dream ends with a wolf howling a clear indication that these nightmares are more than just that and confirmed by the fact that old Joe was captured. It's quite a foreboding, foreshadowing element. Lothal's pollution when they arrive has gotten much worse with the atmosphere being filled with noxious storms and explosions and the planet appearing red from space. Ezra's horrified. When he sees it and tells Kanan it looks like the planet is dying, On the surface, smoke entirely blackens the sky, and the grass has all but burned away. This pathetic fallacy of Lothal is a foreshadowing to just how sentient the planet really is and in tune with otherworldly and ancient things. Writer's final words of Then We'll See If You Still Feel The Same Way About Our Chances After Tomorrow are a foreshadowing of events to come, and his mood is as well. And it's often true that when characters in a show such as Rebels speak a bold declaration that it will be undercut, like Ezra speaking that Old Joe is the one thing the Empire can't get rid of on this planet, (laughs) itself was a foreshadowing of moments away that he, in fact, could be taken. But the entire episode's mood of hopelessness also serves as a foreshadowing of some sort, just on a grander scale and without the immediate payoff. Even more so than ever, ever, Ezra feels that for all of his efforts against the Empire, the nightmare just grows. Thal is as good as lost. There's no way to defeat the Empire. But that feeling, like all bold and often undercut declaratives, is most likely not to come true in the end. We'll just have to wait a couple episodes rather than a couple minutes to see the fruits of that statement. That's why the theme for this episode is, foreshadowing.
0: Mm, I like that. And I think that leads us nicely into probably the two most important things about this episode, at least to me, the, the things that affected me the most was the state of Lothal right now, and then what is happening to the people on Lothal, um, specifically Old Joe. Um, I yeah, this is one of the ones that I I didn't remember very well before I went into it. So Old Joe is was, was a bit of a shock to me, even though that happened off screen. Um, I I was affected by exactly what you were talking about that the you know this is the one place they would never dare to touch this is where the empire isn't welcome and then not only has he been captured but he was executed and we're so used to being our heroes being able to rescue someone out of the clutches of the evil empire and that was just taken away from us before it could have even happened um so i was i was particularly affected by that how how do you feel about the old joe reveal
1: well i didn't believe it and what's uh. funny is I haven't seen the uh, I haven't seen the season for a while, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's actually true or not. But I don't believe it. Uh, that is uh,
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I'm like, ah, oh, that's not gonna happen. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> but now I'm resting, I'm like, does that happen? Yeah. Um, and and I can't remember if it does or not. But I I didn't. I just don't believe they would do that. I I don't believe. I don't believe they would say that in a kids' show so boldly, and then follow through <laughs> with it. Like he was executed, like that in of itself is harsh. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess I'm gonna find out if it happens or not because I don't mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. Do you know if it ha- if it happens or not?
0: Um, I don't remember from the show if there's any sort of re reunitation. <laughs>
1: sure, uniting, reunitation, whatever. Yep.
0: Um, but I think doing my research, I was, I was reading up on old Joe just to be like, yeah, I wonder if there is anything interesting that we forgot. And I think they, they, they say he died.
1: So, okay. Well,
0: I, I don't, maybe there's another story out there in the future to be told, but yeah, this might be it for our guy. We might be ready to pour one out for old Joe. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, that affected me and I thought that was really interesting. And then the other thing, and Honestly, you kind of joked about it up top, but we just got out of a period where our sky was blackened out and red, red, like fire, and there were fields of fire because our entire state was on fire. And so coming up on Lothal was kind of interesting too. Um, Just seeing the destruction, especially that shot from space, was really affecting to me as well.
1: Yeah, um, it was, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I said it up top, but it's this whole episode is mm-hmm. is um was interesting to watch, given the state of our world politically and yeah, envi- the environmental state of it, the uh just the, just the entire state of it is is uh yeah. it's is interesting to watch this and have those feelings resonated of like even with like them walking around being like, there's a curfew. <laughs> like he, like i feel close our, our world feels c- close enough for that to you know yeah to that to totally. be happening too like
0: um yeah. and i rem I, I wasn't there a curfew at one point for yeah. in some in some cities specifically yeah. um after the with uh, the-, the killing of george floyd there were some curfews um yeah yeah it's wild and um Behind the scenes, there were some little interesting nuggets that the production department was instructed to transform the grasslands to something akin to the Dust Bowl. Huh. Um, they wanted the they instructed the production department that they wanted the pollution to be so severe it was unclear whether it was day or night on the planet.
1: Yeah, it sounds exactly like what we're going through.
0: Yeah, honestly, like that was one of the weirdest things that I'd loved through. It was just looking out your window and yeah, it, you couldn't tell. If it was day or night, mm-hmm. it was wild. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that shot that I was talking about where you see Lothal from space with the fire and the atmosphere is a different color. They showed that in the trailer for the season and people were debating what planet it was because they just didn't, even though it was the same exact model they've always used, they just put a different skin on it. And people weren't, weren't like, oh, they're going back to Lothal. They're like, oh, we must be going to a new yeah, it's like a pollution planet <laughs> or something like that. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's funny. Yeah. You know? I know but um, I think we should maybe do a quick, quick deep dive on Lothal. We've already touched on it. It's probably one of the first things we ever talked about, um, but it's worth it now to kind of see super quickly what led up to this and where we're at right now. So, um, so earlier on in the history of Lothal, like we saw with Sumar's farm, um, and there were tales that we've heard of the Bridger parents' early protests, we kind of know that the Empire came to Lothal promising to bring trade and prosperity because they were kind of a poor agricultural economy, the entire planet. So the Empire came seemingly with open arms and open pocketbooks. With arms wide open. <laughs> arms wide open. <laughs> um, and they were, they started by making small loans to help them and then starting to bring trade to the planet. And so a lot of people originally had their arms, arms would open to the empire as well because yeah. they were struggling and they were like, okay, this will help the economy. This will bring trade routes in. Eventually, the empire made plans to establish a new hyperspace route. Mm. And when that happened, industry and the government blew up. Tons of people, there was off-world migration from the core world and then Sinar Fleet Systems. Whoa. Yeah, big time corporation. Wow. They Corporate came in and established. Yeah. It's a.
1: we talked about them too, I think.
0: Yep. They came in and established a testing facility there because there's such large swaths of uninhabited land because it's all farms and agriculture, right? Mm-hmm. Well eventually the empire started doing deep planet scans and they found that Lothal wasn't just rich in farming. It was rich in ore and natural kyber crystals. So they started taking over more and more of Lothal. They drastically changed the appearance of capital city, destroying and demolishing existing buildings to start building imperial style structures. And overnight large sectors of the city were depopulated Mm. Um, which we saw that a little bit in the beginning with Town, A lot of people who were residents of Lothal became refugees instantly. Mm. Um, There were mass protests, which started large scale arrests and crackdowns. And that is when they, the empire is able to establish a governorship and start kind of really putting their foot on the people of Lothal. So, um, that is when, and that's when the Bridgers got thrown into jail, et cetera, et cetera. So leading up to now, we see there's fields of fire. The mining guild is now on Lothal, and we'll see one of these crawlers mm-hmm. that they are employing next episode. But they have these crawlers that excavate the planet's surface, literally ripping the ground off. And just to pull those raw minerals out of the ground destroying all farmland, destroying any sort of environment, and raising large tracts of Lothal's plains. Mm. Um, The pollution turns the air black, the rivers run with factory waste, and the Empire clearly doesn't see Lothal as a planet to be protected and part of their galactic republic, instead a planet to be stripped and thrown away. So that is why we see such drastic cosmetic changes to the planet as for the people at this point, Lothal is now officially under martial law. So the entire planet has been locked down and it's essentially turned to a giant factory. But what I think is interesting is, as we'll see later on and you alluded to in your theme, how much is Lothal a living entity? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really interesting things we're going to get into later on where we start wondering about the ways that the force take hold of this planet, the way that the living presence of the force kind of intertwines with everything. And what effect is the empire having on waking up some sort of slumbering presence kind of like a, yeah. what's his name from last? Uh, Bendu. Oh, the Bendu. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an interesting tie in that we should keep an eye on, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And I found it quite shocking. Um, obviously, yeah. Lothal is in trouble and it's unrecognizable right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to bring up to a Star Wars metaphor, it's like uh, when uh, you know the Falcons on the space slug—they're poking yeah. at it. They have no idea that it's a, a, you know a living, <laughs> like a living breathing thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the really interesting philosophical questions we're going to get into. And uh, you 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 mentioned this. I don't know if I accidentally like pressed a button to skip it or something like that, but I didn't see the actual dream in the beginning. Uh, Was there I'm actually not, a dream in the beginning?
1: It's not a dream. He's just he's just sleeping, uh, and okay. he uh, it's you you could miss it. You could okay. so it's 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 almost too subtle to be honest. Uh, um, but I. I don't know. I, yeah, because you cut. mentioned
0: the loath wolf, yeah, and I there's... don't remember seeing the loath wolf. I just remember as like waking up, startled, be like, "Yeah, ah! I and mean, then, like, yeah." He up? doesn't.
1: He doesn't actually see it. It's like. Uh, a, okay. It's like uh, he's sleeping, and you hear a couple noises in his dream, and he falls out of his seat because. Yeah, and it's uh, a, okay. there's a you hear a howl. It's just it's it's so subtle
0: oh yeah i missed i missed the audio cues then that's interesting i like that i like that you pointed it out then because as we as we'll see in the yeah it's so much foreshadowing exactly what you're saying i keep saying like as we'll see in the future as we'll see next episode as we'll see yeah, later yeah. on in the season yeah, yeah so i'm excited to get into it and I, I i remember the feeling of watching this originally not knowing kind of what happens and being like where is this going? This is yeah. so weird. I don't know what this is and trying to put the pieces together and it's really cool to kind of revisit it now kind of yeah. knowing how it all fits together. And
1: it's it is it's it's the it's probably the reason I wanted to do the podcast is because <laughs> yeah. it, this it's this kind of spirituality that's really interesting to me. Um, yeah, and the yeah the it's it's just really good. And it's also What's crazy about this in Rebels is it's net new. It's like such mm-hmm. a totally new thing for Star Wars. Um, and then for that for it to make its first and only real appearance in um Rebels in a cartoon mm-hmm. is is pretty wild. And there's precedent for we've seen this happen in the Star Wars world. Peter, you and I are really big fans of um kind of the mythology of the Clone Wars episodes with mm-hmm. with the um you know the, the what is it? The son, daughter, and the father. Yep. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to revisit those too.
1: There's some there's some goofy this this episode is good. Yeah. Um, because it's it's fairly just straightforward. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a pretty hard run forward without too many weird tangents. I got Worried when <laughs> Visago and the Puffer Pigs were in the beginning.
0: Yeah, and they mentioned Hondo. It's like, oh no! I was like, oh, boy. almost gonna like, like. At least there was no As Morgan, but I was like, yeah. this has the potential to go off on some zany, yeah, boneheaded dumb thing.
1: Yeah, but it it, uh, it doesn't think.
0: Yeah, which I I like too, and I, I think it's nice because I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were talking about the difference between story and plot. And I think that's that's something really interesting that I hadn't really coalesced that thought, and it's one of the things that applies to rebels a lot. So the the example they were talking about was this is an interview with Seth Rogen, and he was talking about how they, you know, the plot of Superbad is that they want to go to a party, and well, actually, maybe this is a bad example because this a child show, so we shouldn't stop, Maybe talk about kids <laughs> trying to lose their virginity. <laughs> Um, what's another, what's another good example?
1: Okay. I'm interested in this cause I don't, I don't know that I could articulate the difference between.
0: Yeah. Well, like, oh, do you know what? I, I, that I, super I, bad example is so good.
1: I, I know. I mean, it's t- to me, a, a plot is just point, point by point by point. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. the A to B and the story is everything from B to Y. Yeah. I don't know if that's,
0: it's a PG 13 podcast or so whatever. Yeah. So the example, they were talking to Seth Rogen and they were learning um, with Superbad, the plot of the movie is that they want to go to a party and lose their virginity, right? But the actual story of the movie is that they are realizing for the first time that these close friends aren't going to be together when they're in college. Yeah. And like that's never spoken out loud, really. Yeah. But as the emotions unfold and you see how the characters interact, then sure. the story becomes clear. And yeah. that to me, that's what makes the movie actually interesting. Um, opposed to like whatever the plot is and so, so a lot with Rebels I feel like it's like the plot is like uh oh we gotta get these puffer pigs and do this thing and make some trade and here's Lando or whatever like that but the story is more interesting when it's not about that it's more about how these characters are interacting the things they're feeling and this episode was such a good example of that where like not a lot actually happened in this episode but you get so much subtext of how Ezra's feeling, what the crushing weight of the empire does to people that they don't care about. Yeah. What happens when you try to like protect what's yours and get stomped down by this Goliath. Like those are the feelings and the story that actually propelled this forward. And I thought that really worked for me.
1: Yeah. I really like that. And it makes me think, yeah, Yeah. um, a a plot is just a vessel to tell a story.
0: Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's (laughs) way more concise way to say what I said. (laughs) I mean, it's, they're both good points. They're both good points. I yeah. mean, but I mean,
1: yeah. So if 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 you bring that, to, you know, to Star Wars, the, mm-hmm. the 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 plot of you know the original trilogy is you know taking down the Empire.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But the story is way more complex. It's about mm-hmm. you know, it's about it's self discovery and um, you know, f- familial relations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know so on
0: and one can argue that star wars again is less successful when it's more about plot and less about story which is maybe how we feel a little bit about rise of skywalker and some of the less successful star wars movies
1: yeah it's a good point it is such a plot driven movie yeah Um, i don't know what would be the story you would tell from that i don't know i i don't want to get into it
0: yeah we've talked about it enough but i just thought was an interesting tie yeah um, but speaking about old Joe, I don't. Did we ever mention this specifically that where they land the town that old Joe's bar is in is called Jothal? No, <laughs> <Literally> <laughs> I don't remember that. if we brought that up or not, Definitely but it's like, not. oh, yeah, this is Lothal, but it's the part that Joe lives at, so it's Jothal.
1: <laughs> I mean. I'm like is that true or is that just like a funny nickname <laughs> I, like, I don't is know is it like san francisco being called the city
0: yeah i mean maybe it's yeah what, like tarkin town or something is like but yeah. i just also like the thought that it's like Joe jothall that's yeah good. it's like i live in peterton <laughs> right
1: yeah it's it's uh yeah never mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but i thought that was kind of fun i was just uh, well i
1: was just thinking I was like it's so disney like everything is like mickey, <laughs> mickey something <laughs> Yeah, it's just like true.
0: Mickey Lake, Mickey Dam, Mickey Park. I'm like, Geez, yeah, absolutely. Um, so some fun things about I liked this scene in the bar. Um, it was again very shocking to see this location that we have seen before. Um, it was kind of a refuge for those that didn't like the empire's rule, and we even saw in the episode that like Joe didn't have the Hollow Net on or something like that, and he was like, I'm not turning that thing on, and like. Kind of like talked back to the imperial person, <laughs> now we go in, oh, there's
1: so many things to talk about in this bar,
0: yeah, and it's uh, not only are they welcome there, but it is now an imperial bar bam. yeah, and they have they have the Imperial March club song, I know, I thought that was so interesting. It actually was, and it, it had ties to me like that that made me feel a certain way too, because like that reminds me of like dictatorships that have that like control art. Do you remember like what's it the Trollolo guy? No, you don't remember this is like it was like one of the it was a meme back when like memes were brand new back in my day when memes were new that's great. It was like one of the first like you uh YouTube things and as this dude is like an old Russian guy from the seventies and he sang in this baritone voice, and he had this song that was like la 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 la. And it was just this. It's really, you should look it up. It's very fun.
1: thinking there's no way I'm going to look this up because I just want it to be whatever the story is you're telling me right now.
0: Uh, It's so fascinating. I'll I'll put a little audio from it. But the the story of it is that because he's a Russian singer in the 70s and he had a song that talked about like romance and the adventure of a cowboy and stuff like that. And the Russian government said that the lyrics were too American, so they censored it. Hell yeah. So instead of changing the words, he was like, fine, I just won't even sing the words. And he says, <laughs> so he did the same exact melody and song, but he just goes, la, 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 mm-hmm. la, 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 and So it was it's kind a, of an it's interesting... That's a weird flex. I know, right? <laughs> and he, he became a huge star, too, in, in Russia, which is funny, and then he had his second life um, when he became an internet meme. It's um, so weird. It's so weird, but it, I thought it was really interesting that there's kind of a dark story behind it. And that's kind of what we're seeing here. It makes me feel like it's like, does anyone actually like the Imperial, Imperial National yeah. Anthem? Because that's what it is, if you remember. It's the actual Imperial yeah. National Anthem. Does anyone like that song? Or is it just like a Doesn't government matter. mandate where you must play imperially, imperially approved music and it's all just the Imperial March?
1: I love that. It's so boring. What a boring life. That's the only song you can listen to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just different versions of like the club remix. There's the patriotic remix. There's the I rock. Do, I, do, I do want
1: the jazz one. Yeah. <laughs> the jazz version of anything's always the best one. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. You can deal with that. Also, I, we, we got to talk about this pilot. What's his name? <laughs> uh,
0: Baron Valen Rudor.
1: Okay. That's, first of all, such a World War II reference. Yeah. Um, definitely. And it's just like, lay off the Germans. <laughs> like yeah. uh, at this point they've paid their dues where we don't have to keep vilifying them mm-hmm. but <laughs> like <laughs>
0: apologists for the Germans cool well
1: I, yeah in 2020
0: i, I bleed red right and blue bud <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> i haven't gotten over the the world war 2 yet oh boy
1: i'm sorry <laughs> i just no remark i'm not going to remark <laughs> on that um but it's there's just it's so weird that I I just love I kind of love the story slash I'm like I don't really get that like okay so this great fighter pilot Mm -hmm. was now runs a bar which I get because it's kind of like an old man dream I'm like I just want to go I just Mm want to I I just want to move to Cancun and open a bar yeah but
0: this isn't that this is I want to move to Lothal and open a bar for no one Uh, yeah well one of the things that I thought was very telling is he says. Oh this is my establishment. Well, well actually yeah. of course it's it's owned by the empire but they are letting me run it. Yes, yeah, so it's like you were demoted. Yeah, so this is another example like uh They're what's his name? Out. The poofy-haired guy from last last episode who died where Balan Va- Ballen Valen Rudor Baron <laughs> Valen Rudor Ballon Valen Ballen Yeah, I'm just calling I'm just calling him BVR. Um he we have met him twice before. In Fight or Flight and then again in Empire Day. And he has screwed up and so he's been demoted, just Go- as you said. He got goo he goofed. Yep. Um and something that's interesting that I don't remember when we met him before if we talked about is that the Spectres have actually had two other run ins with him that we hadn't talked about or seen in Rebels. Um, and that's mm, why he probably would have recognized Ezra. So if you remember, before Rebels came out, there are these prelude shorts that were kind of like little mini episodes to kind of get people to introduce the characters of Rebels. Yeah. And in those, he is heavily featured. So um, in one of them, Zeb, I haven't seen him, so I'm just going off the synopses, so I might get these wrong, but... Zeb gets in a fight with some stormtroopers while defending a local citizen that they're harassing. And BVR is one of the guys that are there and he gets in the scuffle and mm-hmm. Zeb like knocks him over or something like that and then runs away. And eventually they all chase him, which results in Zeb jumping on to the ghost and the ghost trying to get away. And then BVR gets in his tie fighter <laughs> and like chases them basically. And the interesting thing about that is that Ezra witnesses the dogfight in the air from his little tower. And he's not, he's this is way before he was part of the specters. So he's not involved in it in any way, but he, he, he notices that. So that's one of the things, but eventually the ghost shoots down a ship or something like that, and then gets away. And when BVR's TIE fighter goes down, Ezra follows it and tracks it down in the, de- in the planes and meets BVR, who is trapped inside the wreck, and Ezra saves him. But instead of being grateful, he's kind of just a jerk to him. He's like, don't touch my TIE fighter. And like, So Ezra decides to kind of teach him a lesson and steals a bunch of his stuff, yeah. including his helmet. So one of the helmets that Ezra has is BVR's TIE fighter hel- helmet. And then BVR tries to shoot his TIE fighter cannons at Ezra. But yeah, Ezra unknowingly uses the force to avoid being killed. So yeah. that is when he had the run in, and that kind of is a little bit more context to why Sabine would be like, well, maybe this guy will recognize you and they get all nervous because they've technically had four run ins with him before.
1: Yeah. I kind of just feel like he's Bush League Callus. Just like Yeah, basically. Like they they made they were like, I eh, just go with that one. Not, you know, eh, <laughs> we don't like him as much. Go with a uh, go with Callus.
0: Yeah, and we, we we talked about this, but in the episode where they go to the elite training academy to get um Wedge and the crew yeah. from there, he was originally supposed to be the elite captain that's the instructor, kind of the badass for uh, the yeah. people out there, but then they ended up giving it to that mustache guy who we will see again in this episode. More preludes or more foreshadowing we'll see later on in this season. Yeah. Yeah. But some other interesting things from the bar is that, I don't know if you remember, just a little Easter egg that when Jai kind of rescues and gets Ezra and Sabine out of that pickle, he calls Ezra Oleg. And Oleg is the name of the bully that was at the Academy when Jai and Ezra meet for the first time. Weird. Yeah, so just a little bit of an of a Easter egg. And then the last interesting thing I saw from there was know, I like my Arabesh, so I was looking if there was anything interesting in this episode. And there's one, th- there's a large screen in Old Joe's Pit Shop that says it has the Net logo in Arabesh. And then it says, Farewell, 2-1, Chloe, Dirkness, Eloise, and Sammy have left the building.
1: Hmm, There's was some firings. Yeah, like what is do. that?
0: Like, I don't understand what that gets... What that could mean I've got to imagine it's just like some inside joke with the or not inside joke, maybe like some, those are people on the production staff they're shouting out that retired or something. But I can't decipher that at all.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't even pretend to pick that apart.
0: <laughs> yeah, very odd. <laughs> okay, uh, but another thing I thought this actually made me very happy, and I never made this connection. Until just now, but did you recognize Jai Kel's voice?
1: Yeah, I did, and I don't know who it was, so I so guess there, I didn't. I recognized that I knew it.
0: Yeah, there's two, and we've been talking about this a lot, so I'm, this is why it uh, hit me so hard. But it's the same voice as Prince Zuko.
1: Oh, geez, interesting. Yeah,
0: from Avatar. So it's and yeah. then I looked into it, and I had no idea about this. I watched all of Avatar, and listened to Jai Kel talk, and had no idea who voiced Prince Zuko. Do you have any idea who did it?
1: I don't know. It's like JTT who?
0: No, it's, well, actually not that far off. Dante Brasco, which you may not recognize. No. But you may recognize him as Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Oh. Rufio.
1: That's. You're so pumped about that.
0: I know. I love it so much. So Rufio from Hook is Dante Brasco, and he was the wow. voice of Prince Zuko, and now he is the voice of Kel as well. And he he played Kel in the earlier episodes as well. That's weird. I love it. So many things I love tied into one thing. It's great. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that guy saw his job. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I know that. <laughs> that always makes me feel. I'm always nervous to like look up. Yeah, you like look up the, the cast of Mighty Ducks. Where are they now? And you're going to walk away very sad.
1: I don't know why. <laughs> uh, we can talk
0: about that later.
1: Oh, boy. Okay.
0: Um, But some other interesting things. Uh, I was wondering about this, and we usually like to call this out, but it didn't happen. Usually every episode, there is a makeover of all the characters. Oh, models.
1: God. Yep. I had this in a note. Yeah. To talk about Roseanne, I mean Sabine. Goth Sabine, you call her Goth. It's just Roseanne to me. <laughs> I like I like the dark hair.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: it works. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's um. Also, she has more yellow in her armor, which is mm-hmm. her clan. So it's like kind of a reconciling of who she is finally.
0: Yep, I love that. And uh, they, she usually puts a new um, animal or something like that on her pauldrons or somewhere on her armor so i didn't notice in this episode i'll have to keep an eye out if she had changed it from what she had before but most notably is it's the hair and the armor that i love that representation the tie back to her family that's great yeah
1: i I, if there is an animal it's i don't know it seems like everything she's doing is kind of yeah she's come to come to terms with herself which is which is interesting because all these characters are basically coming to terms with themselves yeah. Before they've all reconciled their past, their, yeah, their, their past to a certain degree. So then they can, as their best selves, you know, save this planet or, um, yeah, that's a great point. Except for Ezra, but his, his, which is good because, you know, it's, it's funny. If you think of, you know, storylines like, this is maybe too technical, like code bases, mm-hmm. right? The first string you open is the last string you have to close. Mm-hmm. And similar with this, this is the first story we see. So his has to be the last story that ends. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, I think that's part of, uh, part of his, his reconciling with self, you know, I would mm-hmm. expect to be part of the reconciling with Lothal.
0: Yeah. And you're right that his story is starting to be closed, but it's, it's, going to be the last one closed. Um, But it is interesting that it does feel like he is not wrestling with his past anymore and he is looking toward the future. Like one thing that, that stuck out to me was how he tells Bon Mothma, even if we're successful, I'm not coming back. Yeah. And so he is becoming resolute in who he is and learning where he thinks he needs to be. And he hasn't ever really had a home. Um, so that is a good character point for him where he's making that turn, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 I think it's cool. Yeah.
0: I think that's cool. And then also we're, we're starting to get some forward momentum on the Kanan and Hera relationship too. Yeah. Um,
1: an an almost, we got an almost kiss there.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's like, they've given us a couple of those. Like, all right, we get an almost, almost kiss. Now we're getting an almost kiss. Now we're gonna get a almost a, a kiss, almost halfway. I don't know. It's just yeah. like they're, they're It's very incremental.
1: Well, you know? it's it, it's basically the scene in Empire where Han and Leia, yeah. you know, get walked in on. Yeah, that's true. It's like, yep. it's, it's so funny. There's so many of these repeated moments in yep. Star Wars. Yeah, the
0: last couple of interesting things that I saw was, I just wanted to point out because this was something that we talked about early that paid off now is that uh, Sabine's starboard symbol is starting to be.
1: Yeah, um, like the breadcrumb now.
0: Yeah, it's starting to be used by other cells. Like this is one of the first example where she's seen it out in the wild and she didn't do it. <laughs> yeah um, and we talked about how eventually more and more rebels will start using her starboard symbol mixed with the rebel. there's a specific symbol that saw Guerrera does, and eventually those two starboard symbols will merge to become the one that we know and love in the rebel alliance, so mm. it's kind of cool that her artistic vision contributed to that, yeah um, I'm and then get... the episode ends when we see. The small fledgling rebellion on Lothal. I love the line. This is how rebellion starts with a few people standing together. As we're talking about current events, I hope people think about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I know. I, like I said, lots of things on my mind right now. But um, we did see Miranda Sumar is the woman that's in the the Sumar. ship, the U-Wing with... Uh, Rider Azadi, and so we remember yeah. her from the farm episode where her and her wife are, or her and her husband are forcefully evicted from their yeah. farm by the <laughs> that Empire. Was, that was harsh. Yeah, so that Suma. that's a good little uh, tie-in that we're starting to see. All these people that have been affected by the Spectres are coming together to start a little rebellion, and yeah. we will see whether or not that pays off. We
1: will see. Yep. Yeah. Suma, who are suma
0: <laughs> oh there's one last interesting thing too is do you remember the tanks that show up that kind of stop the rebels at first before i don't know i don't remember exactly what happens stormtroopers pull up with some tanks that are kind of these flatbed truck the kind of things with guns oh in yeah. Front of them? yeah and then i think that's when they go into the sewer yeah So those tanks are TX-225 assault tanks and those were first created for Rogue One. So this was another tie into Rogue One. Um, A little Easter egg though is that in Rogue One they're actually kind of traditional tanks with like the treaded tires that roll Mm. on the ground and these ones hover. That is because originally they were supposed to be hover tanks and they started creating that for Rogue One and for Rebels at the same time wow. but then Rogue One decided at the last minute that they don't want them to hover they want them to be traditional tanks and at oh, that time guys. the animation design was already locked for Rebels so yeah guys there's a slight discrepancy also it's kind of interesting because lots of toys including an official the official Lego set promoting Rogue One still had it named a hover tank even though it never ho- hovers because wow is just mistakenly never changed.
1: You guys. You turkeys.
0: And for the film I thought this is kind of fun is that the vehicle was crafted from a real functional tank um called a flatbed Alvis Stormer. And on the set they had to get actual military tank drivers to drive it around because they kept they were they kept trying or they kept damaging the set with the tanks. So good. So they had to get professionals to come in and do it. Yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but those are all the notes I had. Did you have anything else that you thought was fun? Um, no, those aren't that's the entirety of it. Um, yep. it's it's a good one. Yep, not a lot of plot again. No. But a lot of story. Which oh, I there love. it is. Cool. So, how we like to finalize this is that we give our little grading scale. Mike, would you like to explain and share what your scale is?
1: Yeah. So, on a scale of my least favorite to most favorite things in Star Wars, my least favorite currently being Raylo, just the whole relationship, <laughs> to my current most favorite thing being the first conversation in that Ben and, um, Luke have in his house in A New Hope, mm-hmm. great, great little combo. Um, I would rank this episode as a a trip inside the magic cave um, mm. in Empire Strikes Back, which is um, I it's, it's not the magic cave. I think it's called like literally the Force Cave or something. Yeah, um, but like it's magic cave though. Yeah, magic cave is better. But it's a uh, a largely a foreshadowing element and Ooh, yeah. um, kind of a, a trial and a test, and um, it it's a cool moment that in isolation doesn't make much sense, but as part of the larger story, really really makes sense and is 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 well done. I think I think, mm-hmm. but is a little bit of a bridge, and so I would give this episode a it's a it's a it's a B plus.
0: Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't have any thematic ties like that, but I like your I like the thematic tie, that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, my favorite thing in Star Wars right now is that little girl dressed as Ray in Disneyland using the force to turn away bad guys. And my least favorite thing is Ray Palpatine. Um between those things, I give this episode the trench run in a new hope. Um, because basically i was trying to think like what are cool things in star wars but not the coolest thing in star wars and so like this is undeniably a great scene in star wars but not my favorite battle in the original trilogy so i'm saying it's very good but not the best so i'm giving this an a Loved i it. liked it just not an a plus
1: yeah that's good yeah. it's great Yeah, that is the end of this episode. Um, that is, that, that is, is the official
0: end of this episode.
1: We officially ended this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, until next time. I mean, <coughs> I mean, not, sorry. There, I, as we're talking, I'm I'm pulling up that video because I've never seen it.
0: Oh, the Tra-La-La video.
1: No, the little girl dressed as Ray.
0: Oh, I'll send it to you. It's so cute.
1: Is it the one where all the characters are just walking up to her and she just pushes them away?
0: Yeah, it's like a parade and they're like walking up to her and she like puts sticks her hand out and is yeah. like, go away, bad guys. And like force pushes them and they all like move the other way. And, and like, then
1: Ray, she hugs Ray and Chewie. Yeah. Oh, that is this is so, so cute?
0: It is so uh, cute.
1: I love it. I can't believe that.
0: I know. And I love that it's just like a little Ray. Oh. oh my gosh, it's great. Oh. I'm getting. It. That See, so that's cute. that's the nice that's the nice feeling we need after after something so dark.
1: Uh, thank you. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Like a nice Bo- cup of calf. Oh yeah. speaking of calf, have you listened to our D and D episodes? Have I? No, never. No listeners. Have you listened to our <laughs> D episodes? If you're not doing anything, go check out our D and D episodes. They're really yeah, fun. Absolutely. And I know we've been kind of saying it but it's it's really kind of the future of this pod after Rebels ends besides maybe some special episodes every now and then yep. as cool things come up um, you know D&D is going to be our bread and butter
0: yeah yep can't wait to roll some dice with my friends again it is really fun it, it is really fun we hope that y'all are enjoying it and you know Chris works hard on the story we show up and just make goofs so it's great um but until then you can also find us at rebels rebels pod on gmail and instagram and twitter and please 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 as we said up top tell your friends because that is really the only way that this podcast will grow we love sharing it with people we love hearing from people who enjoy it so thank you so much for the kind words recently and we are stoked to be back you. Yeah. closing this out so until next time like
1: Remember to be brave out there and don't look back. Don't look back.
0: Bye. Bye.